Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, the shock resignation of Nine's CEO, Hugh Marks. We exclusively confirm Pete Evans is going into the jungle just as the biggest controversy of his life is happening. And another exclusive as Lindsay Lowen confirms to us she's headed back to the Mars Singer. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Sarah Monaghan is here. You can find her at Shrimp Tank on the socials. Hello, Sarah. I got to see the SpaceX launch. <laughs> Brilliant. There uh, it is. Um... SpaceX or SpaceX launch? <laughs> well, you make up your mind on that one. Okay. <laughs> That man is the viewer's advocate, Steve Mulk. You can find him at Steve Mulk on Twitter as well. Hello, Steve. I know nothing. Good evening, Rob. Indeed. And he'll prove that throughout the course of this program. <laughs> Not true at all. And we also have Benjamin J. Norris on socials. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing really well, like in life in general. I did one reality TV show and I've been able to cash in on that for a whole 10 years. This is so exciting. <laughs> Good for you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, there's a lot to get through, so let's get into it. And in huge news this week, Nine CEO for the past five years, Hugh Marks, has resigned. In his departing note to staff, Marks didn't state any reason for leaving, instead saying, I have decided the time is right for me to begin the process of moving on. Although sources say the decision to leave the company was due to it taking its toll on his private life, which has spilled over into the press in recent days with reports of his relationship with a former senior staff member. Annette Sharp from the Daily Telegraph is now reporting that that former employee of Nine is now openly discussing baby plans with the soon-to-be former CEO. Sources tell TV Black Box that Stan CEO Mike Sneesby and Nine's chief digital and publishing officer Chris Jans are the frontrunners to replace Marks. Uh, Nine are kicking goals at the moment. This is dangerous, isn't it? You know, like losing Hugh, who has done so much for the company, over something. I I don't understand this at all, to be honest. Yeah, I saw a comment um, from Hugh Marks in, uh, I'm going to say it was probably a Sydney Morning Herald article. He also Um, did The Australian Today as well. Talking about that he kind of had a plan that at some point towards the end of this year, he would be resigning of his own volition. Um, and uh, look, it's you don't have to be, uh, you know, kind of a seer to understand that maybe the pressure around his personal life has accelerated that somewhat. I, I can understand that from his position. It's He was leaving the company in a much better position than when he found it. And that's what you ask of any CEO. 
Uh, it will be a, a very interesting challenge for Nine to find somebody to step in uh, and to take on Nine and lead it into its next stages, particularly right as uh, Stan Sport is kicking off and what that is looking like with a number of deals popping up. But I don't know about, look, as far as timing being strange, I can't make any call other than this fits into what Hugh has reported is his timeline. We have to take him at his word for that. I believe that was his timeline, but the difference here is that an unscheduled board meeting was held over the weekend without Hugh. It was about his relationship, which was mm. going to be written about in the Sunday papers. They dropped it into the SMH on Saturday to get mm -hmm. the jump on that. As far as I'm concerned, he's not doing anything wrong, consenting adults and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the problem here is, but I will tell oh, you. I can tell watching... you what the problem is. Mm -hmm. the, the challenge is because he, well, I don't, we can't, we don't have to say allegedly. The problem is that he was in a relationship with someone who had a direct report to him uh, in Alexi and her role within Nine. And the sheer perception, I'm not suggesting that anything in untoward went wrong around their relationship affecting the business reporting line, but the fact that they were in that relationship and it was obviously pretty hush-hush, um, in its infancy, that people could suggest that there was impropriety and those sorts of things. And so now people are being sacked over perceptions. Well, I guess people have always been sacked in the media over perceptions. But the fact is, they're two consenting adults. As far as I'm aware, there's no allegation of anything being done wrong. There's oh, no there was lots of questions about whether or not she got a bonus because while he was the boss, nobody the, got bonuses. That has been, I know, that has been answered, but there were those questions and this kind of relationship opens up the doors to those questions. They, you know, have made it clear there was no bonuses and, and all of that. Like, that's what I mean. They've played it very straight back, but this is why there's an issue with this. Look, I can tell you, I watched the financial results with Nine and there was a question from Stephen Main to Peter Costello, the mm. chairman, about the alleged uh, relationship Hugh was having with someone else that was named, mm. uh, his assistant, which I've dug and I can't, I can't find that that's true at all. You know, no. like nobody has knowledge of that being a thing. They were in the park together. They've known each other for 25 years. They weren't holding hands or anything like that. You know, they were. Was a boss I having had, lunch with his, his, his EA yeah. ostensibly? So I'm, I'm just having a hard time that the board met. Hugh knew this was happening. And by all accounts, Hugh has been the one to pull the pin. He doesn't like the scrutiny that comes with this job. It's a very mm. high profile job. Doesn't like getting recognised. You know, um, and that happens in this show. He, he comes from a family that are reasonably well-to-do. He didn't need the gig. Um, yeah, but has he done has a, great... a background to yeah to do a great job. So basically, he's he's going to go out while he's on a high. He gets but to... this, this is a tarnish. This seems like because to any Tom, Dick, or Harry watching this play out that isn't as invested as we are, it's going to look like he had some affair that was wrong, and he's had to resign. Or he just chose to go out while he's on a high. He found the love of his life. They're talking about having a baby. He's like, everything's falling into place. I don't need this job. I'd rather at this point in my life, I've worked my ass off. You know, and the thing is, is people get mad about uh, work relationships. But when you spend, you know, 70, 80% of your life at work, that's where you're going to meet people. I so agree. That's where you probably end up. Will you know meet your spouse unless you're sitting there, you know, flicking on Tinder all day. Except, but, <laughs> except but that he broke as... up with his wife not even six months ago. So, well, again, so? The, the stuff happens, right? Relationships end. 
I totally understand that. There's no suggestion that this relationship with Alexi started and caused Hugh's marriage to break down, okay? Again, it is the perception of impropriety that plays into this that makes it difficult for someone who is notoriously shy of publicity. See, here's the thing, right? I used to care about what other people thought. And now I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I give zero fucks about the opinions of others. And so if I'm at a point where I'm happy, I don't care what anybody else thinks. And maybe sure, he also don't run point. a multi-billion dollar company. No, no, but maybe he has, he's like, you know, I was going to leave when it was done and mm. now it's done. I found someone, yeah. I'm happy and screw everybody else. At least that's what I hope for him. Do you know what we need to start realising with people is people are complicated. This, yes. It's like so fa- – it's like this really pissed me off about the LGBTI community sometimes when, you know, when I did do Big Brother, they were like, oh, you know, you're the gay person so you represent all gay people. It's like, no, I'm one gay person who represents like a very small fraction of the LGBTI community. There's so many different ways to skin a cat. Like there's – too many analogies going on right now that even I can't keep up. But I will say that people are complicated. Yeah, I agree. This is the issue that we face. In the last 18 months, we've lost three CEOs of television companies in Australia. And you know why? Because TV's dying. That's why. And, you know, when things oh, are dying, things look bad. I disagree. You know? nine, nine are in a better position than they were when Mark's joined them five years ago. Yeah, but not because Broadcast of television. television is shrinking, yes. Mm. Uh, but diversified assets like Nine... Are not. And this is the big problem. This conversation should have been about Nine's financial results. During mm. that, I got to ask you a question about what he sees as the future of streaming, but I didn't play it tonight because it's now irrelevant because someone else will be taking that mantle. So what Hugh Marks now sees as the future of streaming Doesn't on matter. Sam and Nine now, just it's pointless. And so for all this to go down so soon after the financial results means that we are not sitting here talking about what a great job Nine is doing. They didn't have to give JobKeeper to anyone. This is their look towards the future. So, you know, there is no doubt that this has happened way before Marx was planning because this would not have been the cycle you wanted this week. But that really frustrates me, Rob, because at the end of the day, this man was doing a good job. So it is still relevant what he said. His answers are great because he's been running a TV network in a really great way. So when you ask that question, you've asked an industry leader who's been successful about what's happening with online streaming. Like, we still want to hear the answers to that. But I was talking to him about the direction of Nine and where it's going and... The problem is that the next person that comes in could have a completely different view. True, but I would still like to know someone as powerful as him and someone as smart as him, what he had to say. Well, Rob can send you that audio, Ben. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what we'll do. With the magic of editing, Ben, you'll have to listen to it on the final version, but here it is. Hi, Hugh. Uh, You've made a big play with Stan this week with the money you're pouring into live sport. Uh, is this where you see the business going, transitioning from broadcast to the streaming service? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a trans it's a transition over time. Um, it's a recognition that audiences, you know, are increasingly consuming on demand, and we need to respond to that. Um, and it's not something that happens overnight, and it'll be something that'll happen over, uh, you know, well, generations, in fact, and. You know, again, if you think about our content and the mix of entertainment, which includes drama, news and current affairs and sport, and that's how we think about the business. And entertainment, well, we've already had Nine and and Stan going for some time, working really well together. We're going to do 
more local commissions together, as we announced earlier in the year. So I think that's a big play. If you think about news and current affairs, the ACCC um, is really a large part of the future of news and current affairs because that provides a potential digital income uh, stream to complement whatever's happening in traditional linear and sport. We had a free-to-air free play, but no subscription play. So, um, you know, we didn't think we'd be in a position to start something now, but because of COVID and really the progress of Stan through that period and its growth and the cash flows that have been generating out of that business, it was the time. And I think if you look forward and you think, well, we're nine, we're a local business, Netflix and Amazon are, you know, international businesses, I think it'll be hard for them to, to adopt a local market strategy, market by market. You know, they really need to operate as global businesses. So it's really taking advantage of our unique mix of assets and saying, well, you know, before anyone else gets into this space, we've got the assets, we've got the cash flow, we've got the ability to do it, we've got the customer base, we can market to them. Um, let's take advantage of that and I think differentiate ourselves from those businesses. So, you know, I believe Stan can be and will be a bigger business than Netflix in this market. And what about Nine Now? Will Nine Now uh, merge with Stan? Will they become one big service where you're getting all the Nine content and catch-up services as part of an expanded Stan package? I think clarity to consumers is very important. Um, and I think they're two distinct products. One carries advertising, the other doesn't. Um, one's a premium service for which you pay money and therefore you receive no advertising. And I think we will continue to offer that distinction as far as I can see in the foreseeable future. Ta-da! Oh, there he, there he was. <laughs> I was. I'm not going to be able to comment on it because I didn't hear it, but I will say thank you. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, as revealed by our very own Ben Norris, celebrity chef Pete Evans will be heading into the jungle in northern New South Wales for the new series of 10's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which is due to commence filming tomorrow or by the time you're hearing this today. However, Evans has created controversy yet again after posting an image depicting neo-Nazi symbolism. The image was a cartoon of a caterpillar wearing a Make America Great Again hat saying you've changed to a butterfly with the symbol of the black sun. It was due to encourage his followers to question the COVID vaccines, accusing the government of wanting to change people's DNA and comparing them to Nazi Germany. Now, we are in dangerous territory because the black sun depicted on that butterfly was developed by none other than Heinrich Himmler, one of the most powerful men in Nazi Germany. To make matters worse, that symbol was recently used in the manifesto of the Christchurch shooter. I think we are now at the point where every media company in this country needs to stop giving this man oxygen. Malk, this goes against everything I believe in. I'm a free speech advocate. I've mm. had Pete Evans on the Ben Robin Robbo show, much to yeah. my regret with that car crash. Interview. What did you think about that, Malk, by the way? Just a quick segue. I think it's important. <laughs> Now, just as a reminder to our audience that you were dead against it, you suggested that we shouldn't do it. Yes, I thought it was a bad idea that you were interviewing Pete. Yeah. And then what do you think about this, though? Like, I mean, that's the, the, you know, and Rob, I don't mean to sound like I'm now trying to do your job for you, but, like, I still am fascinated by the direct question, is it okay for Pete Evans to be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? I don't want to hear the debate about is he a celebrity, but no, he is a celebrity. He's 100% a celebrity. 
Well, no, people are still debating that today online. People were saying, you know, is he really a celebrity? And it's like, well, he is because, no, you know, at one point he was a high-paid professional working a at Channel 7. That's a ridiculous argument. Of course he is a celebrity. Should he be on the show, Mark? No, absolutely not. And 10, as of this article getting published at time of record a couple of hours ago, um, to say that the overwhelming view of the, the people that I follow and follow me on social media um, uh, they're not happy. Um, all, all sorts of just normal, I'll say normal people who just enjoy and love watching television have said they're not going to watch I'm a Celebrity because of it. Um, they, That's your bubble. They're not keen to see it and they don't want to. That's Mate, your bubble. It's you, just as the, much a bubble as the Pete Evans bubble. But the he's Pete... allowed to talk from that point of view, Ben. He's giving his opinion and he's giving anecdotal evidence. The, these the people that follow me, mostly, are uh, not celebrity. They're not important people in that they don't hold a position within the television industry. They're just like me. They love watching telly. And there's a lot of people who are really upset because they were keen. And I've got to tell you, same kind of scenario relating to what we were talking about before. We absolutely should have been talking about how bloody great the new I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here promo is. With, oh, my um, God, it was Chris fantastic. I saw it. It's amazing. So bloody good. Yeah. And it's now fish and chip wrapping because this has absolutely taken pride of place in the conversation around. I think it's a bad idea. I think that 10 will lose advertisers over it. Has um, 10 confirmed that Pete's on there? No. Ben has confirmed it... through his sources. We know 100%, Ben, uh, we know 100% that Pete Evans is currently in northern New South Wales, ready to step foot into the jungle tomorrow when they start shooting. I bet there's other celebrities right now getting phone calls asking that they're available tomorrow. Because the first season of I'm a Celebrity, someone pulled out at, like, the third last day and they were like, how quickly can you get on a plane? And I was due to fly out to Australia and then they found Lisa Curry Kenny could step in in, like, six hours. But, I mean, back I, any money, people are getting calls and he's not on the show. Yeah, I think that's a reality. It will be interesting. They, they have a window, given that, as Rob said, filming starts Tuesday, um, to, to and they always have mind. three backups. There's always at least three yeah, backups in case Evans. something happens. They put him in there for a reason. The problem is, and look, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm copying a lot of heat on Twitter because I fought with people about the right to free speech and about mm-hmm. his right to free speech, right? So yes. I, I'm doing a complete 180 on this, turning around and saying he should not be on television. I know that he won't be allowed to spread his views and that he'll be heavily edited. I get all that. But the problem is Pete Evans has a power base. He will still get to talk to his people. But I do think when, you know, the anti-COVID stuff was one thing. Anti-vaxxing, to me, that's, while I don't agree with it, people are entitled to their views and, and it's worthy of a discussion. COVID conspiracies, bit nutter to me. Um but the line in the sand I have discovered today is all of that, the final um, straw that is breaking this camel's back is him supporting neo-Nazism. And, and, and mm. Chen forced him to put out a um, post today where he's saying, I didn't fully understand the symbolism. Bullshit. Because in your replies to people, Pete Evans, when you... Someone said to you, "Woe X-Men said the symbol on that on the butterfly is a representation of the Black Sun." Lol. Pete came back to him and replied, "I was waiting for someone to see that." Pete knows his stuff. He knows what the Black Sun is. 
He knows what it represents. And he put it up there knowing this would cause controversy. The problem is this has backfired in a way he probably didn't see coming. And as far as I'm concerned, the executives at Channel 10 now need to have a good, long, hard think of them, look at themselves and decide, what kind of person am I? What are my morals? What am I putting out into the world? I have a lot of power running a TV network. Am I going to propel this man to fame for a few ratings points? Although... I actually think this is going to backfire on them spectacularly. Yeah. I think that Sleeping Giant, Sleeping Giant Saws are going to come out and target every advertiser associated with I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I yep. think that people are going to boycott the show because he is on it. I think yep. 10 have looked at Chappelle Corby on um, SAS Australia and gone, controversy, we'll take a bit of that. They picked yep. the wrong person, haven't they, Ben? Well, I just feel like I was obviously missing or I wasn't at school the day they were handing out brains because I <laughs> seem to be on the wrong side of all of this. And I think, I think, and I have to clarify right at the very start, I don't like any of those conspiracy theories that Pete Evans uh, has been attached to over the last few years. All of them, I'm like, oh, no, they're not for me at all. But I love conversation. I grew up in a family that was extremely left, but I 100% loved sitting around having conversation with people who had a difference of an opinion, and that is because I have a thirst for hearing someone's story. And, like, I know that we should deplatform him because he is attached to some really despicable things. But is it okay if they are only showing him as a PG Pete Evans that's actually a really good TV Entity, like as in he's good no, TV, legitimizes him, or but, maybe they're doing it to allow the country to see who he really is on his own words, and that ends him. No, no, but maybe that ends him. I maybe just that's the yeah, you know? I just don't know if we have all the answers at this point. And I think what was really interesting about us with him on the Ben Robin Robbo show was that I got him as a guest, I was yeah. the one who locked him in, and I got absolutely torn a new. You know, thing of me, whatever, and um, oh, we yeah. all did on that and I, one. And it was really hard. It was so hard, and I still haven't completely gotten over it. And it was really hard on Robbo, on David Robinson as well. Like we all made this decision, and it was kind of a little bit blind because the thing about Pete Evans is there's an evolution with him and his thought process. And we went on a really, we went down the rabbit hole with Pete Evans in a really negative way because you can't win with his audience because. People asked us to deplatform him and then his fan base crucified us as well for not looking after their messiah. So, like, you know, it's a really hard gamble to take. However, I trust that the way in which Network 10 is going to, you know, play him, I trust that the way that Network 10 is going to depict Pete Evans on this platform, which is I'm a Celebrity, will be family-friendly. It's a family-friendly show where they get celebrities to raise money for charity and I still think... Yeah, it's but not good enough, Ben. He the had audience a will on be My there. Kitchen Rules. He became a star, and look what he's done with that power. He has used it and abused it. He's selling dodgy goods that have been pulled up by the Therapeutic Goods Association, which I'm sure he just blames on. They're trying to get me. You know, everything's a conspiracy theory. If he's Donald Trump, he's won the election. You know, like this is the problem with the man. And I, I come from you as a free speech advocate, as someone who believes everyone should have their view. But on this one, I think it is time for Channel 10 to take a leadership role in this country and say, 
We know we hired him. We understand we made a mistake. You're gone, boy. People are going to think I'm stupid for saying this, but, like, I still think it's better to... It's... We should have more faith in the viewers and the decision that all of us can make to switch that show off, and that is fine. And if people choose to do that, that is fine. But a large part of the community and the people that would watch I'm a Celebrity... He still has a huge following. He does have a huge following. He does represent a community. And for those people out there that don't support him and want to switch off, that's okay too. Everyone is entitled. I don't understand... And the $150,000 he's going to get for this appearance uh, will only go further. You don't know that. They obviously don't have the money that they used to for these sorts of shows. I doubt that he's getting $150,000. I reckon he's getting forty. to be honest with you. He's going to take... Whatever money he's on, and I, it's more than forty thousand. I don't believe he's only on forty thousand. Just don't. Well, I don't know. I just pulled it out of my bum hole. Yeah, he's be closer to a hundred. So he's going to take whatever money he gets from this to fill his coffers and use that money to keep spreading his misinformation, his lies, and that is what is Channel Ten and um, ITV are now facilitating. It's a dangerous game. He didn't get any money for coming on the Ben Robin Robo show. He got to speak and be challenged and just not eat, not tell one straight line. I mean, the guy couldn't lie straight in bed. He he, told, he went around in circles that many times. Didn't you know? Got upset about being called controversial. So here's the thing: Channel Ten are now facilitating him to be able to go and do his pedal his bullshit, and that's the fact. Well, I think that the real end of this story really is going to come down to like a choose-your-own-adventure novel. I think it's going to end today, which is when the podcast comes out. Uh, I think it's going to end, you know, with us seeing what the ratings are like on I'm a Celebrity on the 6th of January. 3rd you of know, January. The 3rd of January. All right. Well, as revealed exclusively on the TV Black Box website, Lindsay Lohan will be returning to The Masked Singer in Australia next season. She was replaced by comedian Ursula Carson due to COVID restrictions. However, as revealed to Abby Mickelson the producer of the Ben Robin Robbo show and TV Black Box, straight from Lowen herself, she will be coming back for season three. Sarah, I mean, we saw a decline. You know, the premiere episode dropped 37% from season one to two. The season average was down 12% year on year when without Lindsay. This is a much-needed boost, isn't it? I love Lindsay, but... Mm. Was the decline because she wasn't there or was Correct. it just because it was a second season and people just were kind of... Uh, Diminishing returns, on 100%. It wasn't a Lindsay Lohan absence. Well, we'll get to find out, won't we, Mark? We sure will. <laughs> I mean, but, but I do love me some Lilo, so I'm very excited that she's coming Oh, I, you, I wavered <laughs> from this last season, but give me, give me a bit of Lilo and I'll be there. She's cray-cray. But at the same time, I love Abby and she's great and she's had that conversation with... Um, you know, with Lindsay Lohan. But Lindsay Lohan accidentally orders food on Uber Eats, like as in she sent a message on a social media app to someone she didn't know saying, of course I'm going to be in Australia in season three. I mean, she can't really trust what she's going to say. If it was an announcement from, you know, Network 10 or the production company, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, it's actually happening. No, but Lindsay's bullshit. pull your head in on that one. Don't discredit someone's sources and someone's story. No, thing. I'm not discrediting their sources. I'm not. Lindsay Lohan 
is somebody who I don't trust if she told me. Like, Lindsay Lohan, it's on brand for her to be like, yeah, guess what? I'm I'm also going to be in Mean Girls 3D or whatever. Like, as well, in, the like, fact she, is she said it. We have the screenshots which are on the TV. 100%. Like, on the it's amazing. I think it's a, the, the story to me was that I'm surprised that Abby, who, uh, you know, is amazing, is friends with Lindsay Lohan and they have secret chats. That's amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm shaking in my boots. We need to wheel some stuff back here. Just hang on for a second. Ben, can you confirm there's going to be a Mean Girls 3D? I don't know, but I, I don't know, but it's going to be in the Black Vault. It's one of my I'm Black really Vaults coming up. I'm really keen to know what they're making 3D in that film. <laughs> I already know what you're hoping it will be. So, yeah, uh, but look, at then? the end of the day, I will say this. I hope Lindsay comes back. I don't think the ratings have anything to do with her. She is so on brand for Disagree. that show, The Masked Singer, because she is a crazy person and that show is all about being a bit nutty. They're always like... You know, is Kim Kardashian one of the people? Is Donald Trump one of them? And like, they give serious questions about the these big name celebrities, the and they're like, well, Lindsay Lohan picked the winner. Yeah, but they're like this. This is what I know. She picked the winner in first season, and kudos to her, and that is amazing. But that whole show is like so Lindsay Lohan. That's what I'm trying to say. Like. Most of the time she's like on the show, she'll be like, is it my special friend Bebop who I recorded a song with? Like, is it Donald Trump who once sent me a text message late at night? Like, it's just so cool. And that's the magic of The Masked Singer is just how crazy Lindsay is on that show with her guesses. Because it doesn't turn out to be Donald Trump. It turns out to be some cricketer that got bowled out 10 years ago who's, like, going to release a CD somewhere. Like. Like, I don't know. It's like it's the wiggle that did, was that only wiggled once. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. Wow. Right, look, it's time to have a look at the ratings from the past week and nine have done it again. With the State of Origin and four nights of the block, it was another week of victory. As reported by Kevin Perry on TV Black Box, they have now won 20 weeks of ratings, only one week away from claiming victory in 2020. Seven is continuing to experience a decline in ratings for SAS Australia with each episode down from the previous. However, it continues to perform well on demand services, taking the top two spots for the week with a comfortable margin. And it was more bad news for Channel 10, finishing once again in fourth place with a primary channel share of only 10.3%. The finale of Junior MasterChef was the lowest performer of any Australian season and the season average of just 691,000 was the lowest rating season of MasterChef ever in Australia. And what did we say last week? Say it with me. Jamie, Jamie Oliver, does, Oliver not rate. does not rate. <laughs> Jamie Oliver does not rate. And does just to bake. prove my point, Jamie Oliver could not pull in any big numbers for the network with all four episodes of Quick and Easy Food in the 200,000 Metro figures. Jamie Oliver does not rate. <laughs> does you got not to bake. listen to your mate. Um, <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable with this new direction. <laughs> no, we're going to do songs mid-show from now on. We thought we'd, look, we'd do something new me. to boost. Yeah. It's like when the Golden Girls would do like a song mid-show or something. And Well, you know. here's the thing. I know that people at Channel 10 listen to this podcast as they do all networks. I'm trying to come up with something that gets an earworm into their head where they learn the simple rule of television. Jamie Oliver does not rate. It's you know, simple. What's your beef with him? And I'm going with a food I have reference. No beef. What? The guy doesn't rate. The guy doesn't rate. No matter what you throw at the wall with Jamie Oliver, it Jamie Oliver 
does not rate. Then why is he such a celebrity? Oh, because he's fantastic. He was very big in the beginning, but in this country, in Australia, in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013, Jamie Oliver does not rate. I think he's got a really sexy lisp, and I think I had a sexual dream about him once, but fine. I'm but like, but I also Jamie forgot to tune in. Oliver does not rate. All right, there's okay. only one way to stop Rob singing that jingle, and that's for me to talk about the ratings. Thank you. Look, it, it was um, uh, almost a week going exactly as we expected it to. The block, state of origin, meant that no one were going to win, and this is locking and loading their win for the year based on number of weeks. Friends, let's not get into arguments about how we determine this anymore. Um, it, it, it is... SAS Australia is doing okay, but it is following on in that kind of diminished return scenario. I think it's almost got to the point where people can only take so much for Astorani. Um, at, good on him for sticking in, uh, but with all of the controversy that's spinning outside in real life in the media around how he is p- portrayed and perceived, um, that's not turning into Rain's goal. Oh, no, I'm there. I'm just saying that with all of the hoo-ha that's happening outside it, it hasn't turned into ratings gold for seven. It hasn't. That controversy hasn't paid off with more eyeballs watching it. Um, just like Beat the Chasers, rated exactly the same this week as it did last week, 630,000 Five City Metro uh, overnights, which is fine, but is fine okay now? Like, are we okay with just rating fine? Um, it, it's going to be a very different story this week because it's really Sunday's block, and Wednesday State of Origin that is going to help nine to the win this week. SAS it will be unchallenged tonight. It, it will win. Um, it'll probably pull the biggest entertainment show numbers that are non-news. Um, and all of this is because we're in a weird space, right? The block auctions are on Sunday, and normally we'd get a week of episodes running into it and, you know, having people come to open houses and all of that sort of stuff. Guess what they haven't been able to do? Run open houses. Yeah. So they've just had the reveal and join us next week for the big block auctions, however we're going to do that. Um, so it's going to be a challenge, but full credit to Nine, they're really lent into that, and it's tapered perfectly, given that next week is the final week of ratings for the year, acknowledging also that everybody programs for 50, 52 weeks a year now, and the ratings are arbitrary. Why do we even talk about them? <laughs> because we love them. Okay, and in some nice news to finish off our new segment, Studio 10's Sarah Harris has revealed in Stella magazine that she offered to take a pay cut to save Joe Hildebrand's job, saying, I'm fiercely protective of Joe, he's my brother, that's what families do. However, the execs at 10 declined the offer, explaining that they wanted to take the show in a different direction. I've got to say, in an industry where loyalty seems to be dead, this was really nice to hear, wasn't it, Sarah? I love Sarah and her yes. and Joe seem to get along like amazingly well when I was there and they, they were like two peas in a pod and then the rest mm. were all very, I mean, they were lovely, but they, they were definitely a team where everyone else had different views. Um, yeah. And I could totally see Sarah doing that to save Joe. And yeah. I'm sad that he left. I think we all are. I think the viewers are. But um, yeah, good honour. Look, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. One of the most sought-after jobs within Nine's newsroom, the role of US correspondent, has been awarded to Perth reporter Michael Genovese, replacing Tim Arvier in the LA Bureau early next year. And SBS is set to provide an alternative to the onslaught of reality programs on commercial networks, instead focusing on local drama and documentary content, boasting the largest ever slate of local programming. 
Fans of the 90s sitcom Friends will be pleased to hear that the reunion special is scheduled to shoot in March, according to Matthew Perry. This comes after multiple delays due to COVID-19 when productions were shut down across the US. And that is this week in Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up on TV Black Box, we're going to talk to Shelley Craft about television and the block. Plus, <laughs> we're opening the TV Black Vault with Ben. We'll be right back. We've gone digital. Yeah, you've missed this. It, it, it transformed. Really we really weren't ready for this. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And Robin Robbo. It's the most talked about TV show that's not on TV. And I think you guys are amazing. With raw, honest opinions. This was not a mistake. This was a lie. Exclusive stories. Some industry insiders have been talking about this. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? And plenty of famous faces. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) The Ben Robin Robbo Show is the new way to stream your news. This is the stuff that headlines are made of. Live every Monday to Thursday. Thursday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's Well, this week on the Ben Robin Robbo Show, we had the pleasure of speaking to none other than Channel 9's Shelley Craft. She's had a very long and illustrious career on television across multiple networks, but she was talking to us about a special virtual event the block was hosting for viewers for their open inspections. G'day, lads. Lovely to be here. You guys do virtual all the time, so this is nothing new for you, right? Oh, we could have done the whole thing yeah. for you, Shelley. So. <laughs> now, look, this is actually going to be a very big event. Just what have you got yourself in for and what can viewers expect from this virtual inspection? Well, look, normally at this time in the block, it's one of our biggest weeks. Obviously, we'd have our open for inspections, which are where any fan of the show can come along to the block and actually tour through all of the houses live. They can meet the contestants, they can chat with me and Scotty. We have a big street party, but of course, with the events that have happened over the past, you know, nine months, we actually can't do that. So this is our way of hopefully bringing the block to our audience in a little bit of a different way than just watching the episodes. So the actual uh, blockheads, the contestants, will be taking you all on a tour of their houses through the rooms, giving you a bit of a a history, I guess, of what they went through during the whole show. Um, But they will be hosting their own houses, which, you know, I hope Scotty and I have taught them well. And uh, (laughs) yeah, fingers crossed it all goes smoothly. Oh, that sounds incredibly exciting. That's fantastic. Now, Shelley, tell me, what has it been like uh, for the block with this bloody COVID-19? Oh, that's the right word for it, isn't it? Bloody, bloody. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> 
Yeah. We kicked off in early Feb, and at that time there were sort of these inklings of something crazy happening overseas that, you know, again, our little island here, we felt sure, I think all of us, that it was never going to affect yeah. us. But come, you know, the 13th yeah. of March, uh, that all changed for us here, and the block went into shutdown. We did try, obviously, to push through as hard as we could, knowing that we now had these sort of quarter-built homes and what on earth were we ever going to do with them. But um, our main priority, of course, was to get the contestants home, to make sure that they were with their family and friends. And when the states started closing their borders, obviously it was important for us to get those guys back across the country as, as quick as we could and cross our fingers again that we would be um, able to come back and finish the block at some stage, you know, not really knowing whether that would happen or, or how that would happen. You know, the show has gone up against plenty of other shows over the years and the block just still stays at number one. It's so impressive. What do you think the success is behind the block, you know, all these years later? Oh, look, I think now we're just uh, a lovely part of the Aussie TV landscape. Um, we've been going now. This is our 16th season and I'd love to say wow. I've been involved in all of those but I skipped uh, a couple there at the beginning I think we you started when you were five obviously yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> it's great that every year it comes around you know it's there right in the, the depths of winter um, that we're going to have a little bit of fun we've got some great characters on board each and every year there's always someone to love uh, usually we have someone to hate, but I don't think this season we actually had one of those, which was lucky because um, we all needed a little I'll bit I'll audition for the show next year. Ben, you're lovable. You're so <laughs> Oh, you've got her fooled, Ben. Um, she... <laughs> hey, that's a very nice. <laughs> You know I love you in your own weird way. Hey, uh, Shelley, you. you've been at Nine for many years and you've seen many changes. And, of course, over the weekend we found out CEO Hugh Marks has resigned. How do you think him leaving will change the company? Look, that's a, that's a toughie from someone on, the, I guess, the outskirts. I, I don't really work in the building or in the business. Um, I come down here to Melbourne, I float around, I point my finger, I <laughs> tell the contestants what I think they should do, whether they listen to me or not. Uh, he has been an extraordinary leader of the company. I agree. Since I've, been there. Um, I've loved all the things that he's implemented and, of course, the growth that Nine has had since he's been at the helms. So, look, I'm sad to see him go. Um, what's next for Nine? I'm sure it's up and up, as always. We've got some great content planned for next year. Uh, 2021 is hopefully going to be much better for all of us. And look, I wish uh, Hugh all the best. Mm. Nice. Shelley, I really want to ask you this question because I'm really excited about this. I'm a big fan of your career uh, and think you've done so many amazing things on television. But you have to be really honest with me. What is your best TV moment and what's your worst? And just before you answer that, I'm giving you some time to think about it. Uh, is your worst working with Michael Beveridge on Showdown for Big Brother in 2013? Is that the worst? <laughs> to be, you know, uh, involved in a show like Big Brother, even though it was a very short-lived and, and yeah. yes, probably one of my more brief television appearances. Um, we had all. <laughs> Every job I've had has been so much fun, you know, from kicking off on a kids' cartoon show with Saturday Disney, uh, basically watching cartoons and answering fan mail all week. That was pretty awesome. Um, my most embarrassing moment, though, is probably my first ever 
television appearance uh, on Disney where it was magpie bombing season uh, and I had to wear an ice cream bucket on my head. And <laughs> <laughs> the new Disney kid and uh, there I was in all my Queensland glory with an ice cream bucket firmly on my head and, you know, I don't think I've ever lived that down. But uh... <laughs> From ice cream buckets to the Logie, Shelley, you've done it all, really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, Shelley, you have hosted some of our favourite shows across, you know, seven and nine. What is one show that you haven't hosted that you'd like to give a crack at? Ooh, yeah, look, uh, not going to happen, but I would love, ooh, see, I think I'm doing it. I think I've done everything, haven't I? I've done game shows, yes. did a bit of news. <laughs> yeah. But what's the show you were you about to say? Because <laughs> it's just swap networks, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> yeah, but it was a big Channel 9 property. You're talking about The Voice, presumably, <laughs> but it was a big Channel 9 property for a long time. I, yeah, it's funny, I, I, I half expected I you to say a current affair or something like oh. that. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, I took my girls to see The Voice live and we sat there in the audience and it was such a spectacle uh, for them. They don't, in, you know, come down and watch anything I do and I think I had them in the audience of Funniest Home Videos on their jolly jumpers when they were tiny. Um, I'd take them oh, everywhere wow. with me. But to sit in The Voice and to see their stars, being Guy Sebastian and Delta and Kelly, um, I thought, oh, if only Mum could be up there on the stage as well. But, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> And what a bloody shame, because I would petition for that to happen. Uh, Shelley, there is no doubt you are a legend, and you can watch the Blocks virtual open for inspection at 7.30 tonight, Australian Daylight Time. It's not on air. You have to go to the website, 9now.9.com.au slash the hyphen block. So look at the super, 9now.9.com.au slash the hyphen block. All right, we'll post a link as well. Shelley, thanks for joining us. You are a bloody legend. We all have to come back and join us again sometime. Hey, look, there's one show I thought of it. B R R S. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'll take <Yes>. that. <laughs> yeah, we paid her to say that. Yeah, yeah, you can do acting. <laughs> and in the meantime, you can see Shelley tonight at seven thirty via that link. Thanks, Shelley. Thanks so much, guys. See you soon. Okay, now it's time to find out the inside goss on what's happening in the world of TV and celebrity. As don't, don't, don't. <laughs> we open the TV black vault with Ben. Oh, thank you so much. Last week we had some pretty controversial, very controversial mm. uh, little tidbits. But oddly, the one that won was people wanting to know, which was probably the most obvious, windmills have always scared me, but now I'm terrified. So one reality TV contestant was cleaned up so badly that we may never see that footage, which 2021 show has done for windmills what Alfred Hitchcock did for birds. And that, of course, is holy moly. Apparently a contestant was uh, going through the windmill in front of his son and was cleaned up and sent off to hospital. And oh, it's, wow. belie it's believed we won't see that footage. Like, uh, I bet we won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it would have been great if Graham Kennedy came back from the dead and put it on Funniest Home Videos. You know, Wait, because... we're going to oh, see Ding wow. Dong get hurt, but we're not going to see this? Wait, Graham Kennedy's dead? <laughs> that's another one of my hatches and dispatches you know it's like one of those flashbacks you know tv week does a black and white section yeah there we go i prefer um, your new segment we thought you were dead 
<laughs> That's a line from the Vicar of Dibley. Full credit. Full credit to the Vicar of Dibley writers. Okay, number one. One little known celebrity has been telling his mates and industry insiders that he is in the cast of an upcoming celebrity show. But what people don't know is that he has totally made this up himself. No one has called him, no producers and probably not even his mum. Uh, it's what Andy Cohen refers to as the calls coming from inside the house. Uh, so, yeah. Is this a former Big Brother contestant? It isn't a former Big Brother contestant, <laughs> okay. so it's not me. And so, very oh, polite. Oh, meeting you? Yeah. Oh, there's just so many of us so desperate to get any kind of attention, so I can see where you're going with that. But oddly, actually, it's not. Number two, one television presenter allegedly was overheard asking his makeup artist if the colour of his makeup was too brown because he was sick of people making fun of his Trump-like appearance, to which his accompanied guest responded with, maybe stop sleeping in the solarium at our house. <laughs> wow. There's so much going on in that. <laughs> Holy crap. So that's going to be crap. a couple, obviously. They're back and forth. I love that. Yeah, I got that one uh, leaked to me quite late today and I really appreciated it. And uh, <laughs> I I just I just was really Who's scratching my dunk? head. Who's got the Donald Trump look? That's great. There's a, there's a couple of them because, like, I mean, granted, when this person told me, I got to know the name of them, but I was like, oh, it could really be quite a lot of people in Australian television. <laughs> anyway, number three, there are now more celebrities in Byron Bay than Hollywood, but apparently not all of them are recognised. The latest resident was overheard being asked by a waiter, and what do you do? To which, <laughs> to which they got a side eye stronger than my dog when I forget to take him for a walk. Amazing. Well, that's completely fair enough. Celebrities shouldn't assume everybody knows who they are. That's arrogant. This one's A-list, though. So, like, if this, I understand. If I was a fly on the wall and I saw this situation happen, I would walk over there and say, this is <laughs> And you should be nice to her. <laughs> anyway, don't, you don't, we can't, I don't, you want to beep that out and then maybe people will vote. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Don't forget, for the latest breaking news, opinion and all the stories that you'll want to see first, go to tvblackbox.com.au. You follow us all on Twitter and don't forget, Jamie Oliver does not oh, rate. God. Oh, God. See you Are later. You to sell that again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.